0: we can all have access to the original father, the best father any of us can ever have. God, our heavenly father, the one who invented being a father, the one who fathered Jesus with his incorruptible seed and then gave us access to that seed through the death and resurrection of Jesus. When we step into a relationship with Jesus, we step into a relationship with our heavenly father. Not only that, our old man dies with Christ. All the hurt, the shame, the guilt, the sense of abandonment, it all dies with Christ. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. So as I mentioned earlier, we've been doing a, we did a series on foundations. And the reason I keep repeating that is because if we don't have foundations solid, everything else we built is shaky. And now we are looking at how those foundations are supposed to impact our lives. When we actually believe and apply those foundations. Everybody with me? I know I keep repeating it, but it bears repeating. (laughs) So we've looked at repentance, salvation, faith, lordship and obedience, water baptism, Holy Spirit baptism, spiritual family, discipleship. And we've looked at how that impacts our identity in Christ, how it impacts our purpose We are going to go forth from here, forth forward from here, and talk about marriage, which is a very, very important one, and parenting. But I felt very strongly in my spirit over the last two weeks that we we cannot move on from identity and purpose into marriage and parenting if we don't have a full or at least a close to full revelation of who the Father in heaven is. I really felt God share with me strongly that if if they don't trust me, they won't trust what I say. And if we don't trust what He says, we don't receive what He says. So if you've had any reservations about any of the things that have been taught to us from the Word of God, it might be that ultimately, if you're very honest with yourself, there are areas in your life that you have not surrendered to God and you haven't really understood or had a revelation of what it means that He is your Father and that He only wants what is the best for you. Amen? All right. So today the message is called Your Heavenly Father. And I'm going to show you why. It's because Jesus kept repeating this phrase. One of our aims with Love Key Church is to be part of the effort to eradicate fatherlessness. I said that earlier as well. Why? Because according to secular and Christian stats, and according to the Bible, the number one cause of the major issues in our world, you can all trace it back to fatherlessness. And I believe that behind fatherlessness is actually no Jesus. Because a man that knows Jesus, a man that has a relationship with the Father, will be a good husband, a good father. Because he would want to do things God's way. So what is missing? What is missing is know Jesus. What is the answer? Is to know Jesus. And for help people to get there. Many of us have had good fathers or good enough fathers here on earth. But others have had different forms of no father, or an emotionally abusive father, or a physically abusive father, maybe even alcoholic, or addicted, or neglectful. There's all kinds of forms of fatherlessness. Whether we've had a good or a good enough father, or a really bad one, or no one at all, we all have one thing in common. And that is, none of our earthly fathers is God, or was God. Amen? Can we agree on that? So we all, to some extent, need a revelation of the Father nature of God. Why? (laughs) Why do we need this revelation? Because one of the main roles of a father is to confer identity, to establish identity, And we've been speaking on our foundations how that impacts identity and purpose. And we've been looking at Scripture to determine our identity and purpose. But it's possible for it to only be information, only head knowledge, the stuff we've been reading and going through. Or we can hear the information but not receive it and make it our own and apply it because we simply deep down do not trust the source. So we have to ask ourselves, do I trust the source of the Word of God today? Why do I say this? Because it has been proven over and over again that we subconsciously attribute our experience of our earthly father to God when we think of him or step into a relationship with him. So if your earthly dad gave us, if our earthly dad gave us any reason to be disappointed or to mistrust or to put up walls to protect ourselves, then we will automatically do the same with the father, God. It just happens that way. It subconsciously happens. When you give your life to Christ that day, it's, it's easy for most people to, to go, yes, Jesus, yes, Holy Spirit. But as soon as you say, Father, they go, Ugh. my dad was terrible. So what are you talking about? Does anyone resonate with what I'm saying? All right. Many people do not struggle to accept Jesus or the Holy Spirit, but they get stuck on the Father. So when we're confronted with the word of God about who we are in Him, we may struggle to accept it, to adhere to it, because deep down we struggle to trust Him and even to love Him. There are three main things that I trust God to achieve today in this message. Number one is to show us from Scripture that Jesus came to reveal God as your heavenly Father and that God is indeed a Father. That's number 1. Number 2 is that that we can become his children when we repent and become born again Christians. That is the key to having him as a father. And thirdly, I want to help I want us to have a moment where we let Holy Spirit show us if there are any father wounds in us left that is causing a disconnect with him. And we're going to trust God that that will heal today. Or at least that the healing journey will start. Are you ready for that? If you want to leave, leave now. Because your life is about to change. So, some people enjoy this, some people don't enjoy this. But I love giving you a lot of scripture. So, Javi, this one is for you. (laughs) Uh, babe, this one is not for you so much, but uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But when when we are washed with the word of God, we have to change. There's power in the word of God. So I'm going to throw a lot of scriptures at you right now, and it's going to be on the screen if the fingers are fast enough. Uh, and I want to. What I want to achieve, like I said, is I want to show you that Jesus came to reveal God as Father, and not just Father your heavenly Father, and how significant that is. So most of this comes from Jesus doing the Sermon on the Mount. He starts off with the Beatitudes, and then from chapter 6 and 7, he's teaching the values of the kingdom of God, and he keeps telling the people who their heavenly Father is. This starts in Matthew five sixteen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew 5, 48. Therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. How many of you say, I'm just a human, I'm not perfect. Therefore you shall be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Matthew 6, 9. In this manner, therefore, pray. This is Jesus telling us the, what we call the Lord's Prayer. He starts the prayer in a way that was weird to most Jewish people. They have never really thought of him as Father. He says, our Father in heaven. This is how we address God. Hallowed be your name. Matthew 6:14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Matthew six twenty six. Look at the birds of the air; for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bonds, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Matthew six thirty two. For after all these things the Gentile seeks, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Matthew eight fourteen talks about the 99, the the shepherd who had a hundred sheep and one left, and he went after the 99. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Matthew 23, 9. Do not call anyone on earth your Father, for one is your Father, he who is in heaven. Mark 11.26, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Are you struggling to forgive someone? Are you struggling to let go? Do you have bitterness towards someone? Then don't expect the Father to forgive you. Enough. Luke 11.13, if you then, being evil, in this passage, Jesus was teaching them that you as earthly fathers, you give your children good gifts. You won't give them a stone if they ask for bread. But then he says, you being evil, (laughs) what is he doing? He's contrasting the nature of earthly fathers with the nature of our heavenly father. And in contrast to him, we are evil. We don't measure up. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Jesus came to reveal the Father. We see this once again in John 14, verse 9. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How does that work? I realized something from a scripture that we hear every Christmas, but it only really came home when I was preparing for this today. I want you to see this one. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus says this. Let's go back to one of the prophecies of Jesus in Isaiah 9, verse 6, and listen to this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. What? Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is predicting Jesus coming, prophesying. And one of the aspects, one of the things that He is, will be called, according to Isaiah, is everlasting Father. In the Young Literal Translation, it says, Father of Eternity. Beautiful. So there is, and when we think of the Trinity and realize that Yes, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but the three is one. Then it starts to make more sense, right? But this is a mystery, I believe, that we will always have a bit of a challenge with. But I wanted to show you this because it's so beautiful. And the fact that they are one and that they are in perfect intimacy also comes across in his passionate prayer in John 17, where he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they all may be as one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. People, do you realize that here Jesus is giving us one of the biggest keys to evangelism, unity. When the church is united, people will believe that Jesus was sent by the Father. If there's disunity, the world looks at the church and goes, there's no way there's a Jesus. Because look at this mess. We need to know that Jesus and the Father are one. And that He's calling us to the same kind of unity. Here is further confirmation that God is our Father. And also coming into the characteristics of a good Father. John 3.16, you all know it very well. And Romans 8.29. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, and whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. He loves us, a good Father loves. Love is sacrificial. He came and gave His only Son so that we won't get the penalty that we deserve. That is a loving Father. Romans 8.29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. What are we called to? Be like Jesus. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus is God's Son. That makes God a Father. The Father of the Son, Jesus. Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. So that makes God, when we become brothers of Jesus. In other words, when we get saved, we become children of God. Do you see that? It is confirmed in one John three verse one. We are called His children. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that we are. Romans eight seventeen. We are heirs. It says, and if children of God, then heirs, heirs to God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Some people don't like reading that part of the sentence. But we need to know that we are heirs. What is an heir? It's someone who is a son or a daughter of a father and legitimately, legally is um, They have access to what comes to them from the Father, the the heritage, the legacy. Galatians 4, 7. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. (laughs) How many of you have parents that don't have so much money and and maybe they passed on and you got nothing? Anyone? You, You receive nothing. Because they had nothing to give. All right. But if you are in Christ, you are an heir of the one who made it all and owns it all. And Jesus, in so many times, I think I've preached on this, and it's probably still going to be a whole message, the term all things. If you go and search all things, in the New Testament especially, you will see over and over and over again how that Jesus owns all things, that all things were made to him, for him, through him that He is all authority in heaven and on earth. All right? Now let that break your brain. Now let this break your brain. You are a joint heir with Him. You receive or have access to receive what He has. Do we live that way? Why not? I believe it's because we don't have a full revelation of who the Father is and what He has done through His Son, Jesus Galatians 3.29, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Through Jesus, we as Gentiles and everyone else has access through Jesus to the covenant God made with Abraham. What did God make Abraham? A father of many nations. A father making a father. It's beautiful. Just a side note. Matthew 6, 8. He knows before we ask. He says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. How many of your parents here and online? Parents, how many times do you know what your kid needs before they even ask? How much more does God not do this with us? John 14, verse 15. If you love me, This is Jesus. He says to us, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. He's a giver. Romans 8, 15 to 16. The spirit testifies to our spirit. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves that you will live in fear. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by that spirit we cry, Abba, Father. That's beautiful. He is our Father. Through Jesus, we can say He is our Father. Isaiah 64, 8. Yes, going back, to this is one of the few places in the Old Testament where we hear God as a Father. Isaiah says, Oh, Lord, You are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are the work of Your hands. Next, we will hear that Jesus is our connection to the Father. John six forty four. no one can come to me unless the, f- oh, sorry, so the first verse is about how we are drawn, and the next one is how Jesus is the key. So John six forty four. no one can come to me, Jesus, unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. There's a pull in the Spirit when we don't know Jesus to go to Jesus. And we can either react to that pull or we can ignore it. And then in John 14, 6, Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 1 John 5, verse 4 to 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. What comes from a father? If he fathers children, children come from him. They are born of him. John, 1 John 5 says, for whatever is born of God, that is us that are saved, born again. This is also one of the places where we get the idea of being born again. You are born, and then you are born of God. Amen? And this is the victory that, he, that has overcome the world, our faith. How do we have victory? We become children of God, and we have our faith in Him. Who is He who overcomes the world? But He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is how we know from these verses that Jesus is the key for us to be children of God. Are you with me? Was that enough scripture? <laughs> That's powerful, eh? Let's just give Jesus a big hand. All right. So we have now established that Jesus came to reveal God as the Father. Would you agree? Would you agree with me? Okay. Okay. And that becoming saved through Jesus gives us access to the Father. In other words, makes us His adopted children that we can call Him Abba, Papa, Daddy, Father. That is who He is to us through Jesus. Now, some of us may still hear these words. And because our spirit man is blocked by hurt and walls we erected to protect our hearts. And this is, this is mainly so because of our experience of our earthly fathers or maybe father figures. We may have also been hurt by father figures, like a teacher or a coach or a stepfather. Today, we need to realize and admit that we have some kind of father wound, each and every one of us. In some way, we sit with a wound. Now, I'm not doing this to blame anyone's parents of anything. We're not here to blame shift or to place blame, okay? It's about identifying a root cause of why we may be struggling with some specific issues in our lives. Do you understand that? So it's not about blaming people. We are here to forgive. But if we are ignorant to the things that may have caused things in our hearts to make that we don't connect with God the way we should, we need to address that. Would you agree? How many of you want to live in full freedom? Come on. Who the Son sets free is free indeed, amen? But that's one verse out of a whole Bible. And we need to know what freedom is actually about and how we can walk in it. So I'm going to show us from some other sources that I've consulted what a father is supposed to do. What is a good father? And then maybe you can go through these and go, yeah, my dad, he tried, but... (laughs) or oh, he was not there, or oh, yes, none of these. Or maybe you go, man, my dad was a great dad, and I want to honor him today. But there's still some stuff that's missing. So wherever you fall on the spectrum, it's okay. I want to just go through these so we get an idea. Some of you will know an amazing man of God called Cassie Karstens. Do me, Cassie He started a movement called uh, The World Needs a Father. And I've sat with him and chatted with him about this. He knows some of the guys in our church as well. And he, his heart was broken and stirred when he was in Africa and saw the horrendous effects of fatherlessness. And how it, to the extreme, what happens when there's no fathers. And he has made it his life mission to raise up godly fathers around the world. And he's written a book about it, and I'm busy reading the book. I haven't finished it, but I'm already blown away by what I'm reading in this book. And I can only encourage you, especially if you are a father or want to become a father, to read this book. But it's a great read for mothers as well. So according sure that's loud. (laughs) Can you guys hear me? I know it's hard. Try to focus. So according to Cassie, a father is supposed to do four main things. Confer identity, provide emotional security, give affirmation or affirm your potential, and establish moral authority. He gets this from the beautiful scene that we see between, actually I'm going to get into that just now. Before I go on, those are the four things. Then I also watched a great message by Jimmy Evans from Gateway Church. He was preaching on a Father's Day. And he broke up the word father. And the F stands for faithful provider. Our God, and this is according to God, but then also an example to us. A faithful provider, the A is for he's attentive. He he listens, he spends time. He's there for you. He's got a heart of mercy and grace. It's that moment of having the wisdom to know When my child is doing a certain thing, do I give mercy or grace or do I discipline? The E is for expressive love, showing your child that you love them. And the last one, the R, is for relational authority. Now these points, this is what I started saying, but I realized I'm jumping ahead of myself. These points can actually be seen in the scriptures where Jesus is baptized by John. And the Father in heaven speaks from heaven. And there's the moment when he's baptized, and then there's the other moment of the transfiguration on the the mountain. And the first one, God the Father says, this is my beloved son. He's saying, I love him. That's the emotional connection. He's saying he's my son. That is his identity. In whom I am well pleased is affirmation. It's affirming who he is. On the Mount of Transfiguration, God adds, listen to Him. That's moral authority. So those four things come from God the Father to His Son, who is the firstborn of many brethren. So we need to listen to that and also receive it to the extent that we are His children and what He has called us to do. So we see how the Father gives identity, love, affirmation, and moral authority. These are basic things a father needs to do, and things we all need to receive in our lives. We have been programmed, designed to be loved this way by our earthly fathers, so that we can all be part of a, so, we, so that we can all be well-balanced, functioning members of society. But more than that, that we can be Holy Spirit-filled, Jesus-loving, well-discipled people who change the world for the kingdom of God. Amen. Remember when we spoke about spiritual family as one of our foundations, I mentioned that our earthly family should actually be the beginning of our spiritual family. The father in the home should be the main spiritual leader in his wife's life and in the children's lives. And then, yes, they are a part of a local church where that is extended. But we shouldn't go to church to go to church for the first time this week. Church is at home. Church is not a building. It is us being together. And that is where it's supposed to start. The main place we are supposed to receive the gospel, our identity, love, affirmation, and purpose is at home. That is how God designed it. Now once again, what is the devil's mandate? To kill, steal, destroy. What? The kingdom of God, which exists or or, or is made up of people, us, okay? So if you're the enemy and you know this is God's design, a a man a woman who love each other and are married and love God and put Him first and raise up their children in the ways of God, if you know that this is God's will and you're the enemy who wants to kill, steal, and destroy, what are you going to do? You're going to go for that, the jugular. And who's running the household according to the kingdom of God? The man. He's got, that is his role given by God. We're not going to get into a feminist argument here. I'm talking about the Bible. This is God's order. The wife has a very important role as well, and it's equal to each other, but it's different. The man is supposed to have that role. So if you're the enemy and you want to destroy God's kingdom, what are you going to do? You're going to go for the men. So if you can take out the man by lying to him about his identity his purpose, his reason for being, what love really is, what is going to happen? The marriage will be hurt and destroyed probably, which will hurt the woman, which will open her up to lies from the enemy. So if he can topple the husband, he can topple the wife. And the children are hurt by the divorce or the whatever happens. So now he has, he has something to work with. And if he can get the cycle to keep going, then generation after generation just goes further and further away from the original design. And that is the world we live in today. It is a mess. It is a mess. Because we don't know who our God in heaven is. And even people that profess to be Christians don't know this. Because if you look at how they live and what they say, they don't know this. And it's not just because they maybe have sin in their life. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about a lack of identity. A lack of confidence in who God is. Being swayed so easily by the world and their opinions. Being fearful because of the times we live in. Not going to the word of God to hear who we are and why we are here right now. But to just, you know, let's just get through this. And when you say to them, you've not been given a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. They go, yeah, 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 but you need to be responsible now. You're afraid. Admit it. Get over it. We are living by faith, not by fear. Have you ever noticed someone who's obviously insecure? You can see it in the way they walk, talk, handle themselves. The root cause of that kind of insecurity, nine out of ten times, will usually be they have an issue with it. We talk about daddy issues, okay? You've got daddy issues. Insecurity can manifest as shyness or being super introverted, or it can mask itself with arrogance and being over the top. Stop thinking about that person. (laughs) <laughs> or someone can overcompensate with their insecurity and they become a workaholic, or they, still, they are still trying to actually please the father that never gave them attention and affirmation. Most of the time, our father wound is linked to a sense of abandonment or deep disappointment. Our earthly father wasn't trustworthy or he let you down more than once. And you thought, this is a pattern I will not trust again. I will not believe again. Or maybe he left physically or was never there. Perhaps your parents got divorced and you saw your mom struggle to cope and your dad being distant or away or just not caring, not helping. Maybe your dad believed that providing money was his main purpose and that love was putting a roof over your head and food on the table, but he never had a relationship with you. He never said, I loved you. I love you. I hugged you or played with you. He thought loving you was feeding you and keeping you safe. Or maybe he hurt you emotionally or physically, broke your identity and your character down instead of building it up and calling out the gold in you. Maybe he had a terrible nickname for you that you still identify with today. For the men... We should each have a moment where our dads tell us, today, you are a man. We, need to, we have a, an internal need to hear that, that your father tells you, you are a man today. Women, your father should have made you feel like the prettiest princess in the world. And with him, you should have felt secure and safe which would make you not settle for anything less in your husband. Whatever it is, and whatever your specific situation looks like, we all have some kind of father wound. And I want you to know you're not alone. You are not alone with whatever you may be struggling with. We all have it to some degree. And we are all on a journey of healing. Here's the good news. No, the great news. We, we can all have access to the original father, the best father any of us can ever have. God, our heavenly father, the one who invented being a father, the one who fathered Jesus with his incorruptible seed and then gave us access to that seed through the death, death and resurrection of Jesus. Let me try that again. The one who fathered Jesus with his incorruptible seed and then gave us access to that seed through the death and resurrection of Jesus. When we step into a relationship with Jesus, we step into a relationship with our heavenly father. Not only that, our old man dies with Christ. And the new creation, the new version of ourselves comes to life in Christ. So with that old man that dies in Jesus, All the hurt, the shame, the guilt, the sense of abandonment, the fears, the worries, it all dies with Christ. It has died with Christ. And now we are adopted and are called children of God, joint heirs with Jesus, the one who owns everything and has all authority, and we have a covenant relationship with God the Father. Wow, that's huge. This is now who we are. And this is what we have access to. That is the truth. And it stands firm. Nothing can change that truth. But now, what if I don't feel like what I just said is true for my life? Because I just said a whole bunch of wonderful things, and none of you hardly, any of you hardly moved with excitement. You're like, wow, that's awesome. I just told you that God saved you, made you whole, and through Jesus, you never have to deal with your old person again. And none of you got excited. So what if I feel like, wow, those are great words that I'm hearing, but I'm not receiving I believe to whatever extent we feel that these things are not true for us is the extent to which we haven't actually given our lives to Jesus, or I'm not saved at all, or to the extent to which I haven't journeyed far enough in my sanctification pilgrimage with Jesus. Does that make sense? So the extent to which I don't receive the truth of who Jesus is and how he gives me access to the Father, the extent to which I struggle with that, is linked to the extent that I'm either not saved or haven't given my life completely to Jesus, or I'm still getting healing. Does that sound better? Okay. Remember, once we repent and get saved, we start the pilgrimage of healing from the hurts of our old self. Yes, Jesus dealt with it on the cross, and when we receive him, it is dealt with. But there's a process that starts, the journey of sanctification. Can anyone acknowledge that? The question today is, where are you on that journey? Do you feel stuck on that journey? The key might be to deal with this issue today about who your heavenly father is. I have counseled men that have told me in so many words, I do not trust God. And even that they do not love him. They believe in him, he exists, and they respect him, that he's God. But there's no love, there's no trust. And then when I ask about their earthly fathers, it becomes clear why. And then I show them did you just hear what you said about your earthly dad and how you feel about God the Father? Yeah? Do you see the connection? No? And that is a big problem. And I don't think it's just one or two people. It's many people that don't see the connection. So if anything today, I hope that someone that needs to hear this, hears this, that however you experience your earthly father, it will have had an effect on how you see God the Father. And it's not about making it, you may feel like, oh, I can't say, I have to honor my father and mother. Yes, honor them, but also recognize if they've made any mistakes. Not to blame them, but to get free from that. Maybe you feel stuck, and to know the truth and to have a revelation of the truth, sorry, this is actually a good point. To know the truth And to have a revelation of the truth is not the same thing. You can know a lot about Jesus. But if you don't have the revelation of who He is and what He has done, it'll just stay information in your head. Today, in this moment, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to visit us in a supernatural way and come and bring healing in these areas as only He can. I can't heal you, but the Holy Spirit can do anything. The first, one of the first times my wife and I did a marriage seminar, I saw this with my own eyes. We didn't try to be perfect. We didn't try to fix everybody. We were just real with them. And from my own experience, I knew that the Holy Spirit can do anything if someone is willing to engage. And we believe that you can't be the... Yo, loud. Can you let Um... You can't be the proper marriage partner if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. So the first thing we talk about is salvation and identity. And that's the Friday night. The Saturday morning, I had an altar call. Half of the people gave their lives to Jesus for the first time in a church. They were church people. So now, now I'm like, now we can work with you because you've actually given your lives to Christ. Because otherwise, it's just head knowledge, all of this stuff. We can talk about communication. We can talk about all these things. But if you don't know Jesus, it's not going to land. And after we establish you need to be saved to be your whole identity in Christ, then we talk about baggage. And this is what we're talking about today. Most of our baggage, our issues, is from the father wound. And so we start talking through these things. And I I had the men separately talking to them about baggage, the types of baggage you have, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the session, this one elderly gentleman stood up and he said to me, I hear what you're saying. And his words were interesting. He said, I love God, but I don't trust him. And I said, I've never heard anyone say that. How is that even possible? Because love in its essence is trust as well. So... So can I chat to you afterwards? He said yes. So I sat down with him, and he explained. I think I've shared this here before, but I just feel it's, it's relevant again. And he explained the hurt from his past, and I just said, let, let us ask Holy Spirit to show you what was actually happening with these moments in your life. And suddenly something broke, and he came free. And then I heard afterwards he was in, he was in um, counseling for six months, and nothing happened. And the Holy Spirit came and did it in a moment. And today, I'm trusting for that to happen in our lives. The other big thing that, that keep many of us from embracing God as the Father is a sense of guilt and shame because of our sin. So the one thing is what has been done to us, but there's also the stuff that you may feel I've done. There's no way God will ever love me, accept me, take me back. Has anyone ever felt like that? I have. I have felt guilty and shameful before God and thought, there's no way he can use me. And then, you know, I read the story of the prodigal son. And that's actually a whole sermon on its own. But if you don't know the story of the prodigal son, it is about Jesus told it as a parable to Jewish people. Now, to Jewish people, the order of father, son, family is very, very important. So he said, there once was a young man who asked his father for his whole inheritance now, and he left. Now, to, if that is legally something you can do in the Jewish tradition, but it is completely seen as you don't do it. It's arrogant. It's horrible. It's completely disrespectful towards your dad. And in a way, what you actually are doing is you're saying to your dad, you are dead to me. Give me my inheritance. So he left. He left squandered everything, lost everything, ended up between pigs eating their food. Now, who knows what a Jewish person thinks of pigs? Okay? It's not kosher. He's with them, in the mud, eating their food. Then there's this massive moment. When he came to himself, when he came to himself, he realized, even the slaves in my dad's house live better than I'm living right now. I'm going to go back. And then he prepares a whole speech. And when he comes and his dad sees him far off, his dad starts running. In the Jewish culture, it was very not done for a man to run, a father of that stature. And he runs. And before he can even get his speech that he prepared out, the father hugs him organizes a party and he celebrates because my son was lost but he is found. That is the heart of the Father. It's not about making a list of all your sins. It's about telling you that is not who you are. Let me tell you who you are. You are my son with whom I am well pleased. And I'm going to have a plan for your life. Amen? We want to create a moment where we We're going to minister a song to you. And then we want you to just stand and focus in your spirit on what God wants to do right now. I want you to be open to allow Holy Spirit to minister to you right now. And to whatever extent you still struggle to receive from God, or whatever father wound you may have, or mother wound, or baggage or issues. I spoke about something very specific today, but I know there's more than that that could have happened. I want you to know that you are not defined by what happened to you or what you have done. You are defined by the love of the Father. Amen? And maybe that is still head knowledge to you. I'm trusting that right now that will become spiritual knowledge. All right, so let us stand and let us receive from God. So in this song, we took typical things that an earthly father may not have done And we have replaced it with what our heavenly father is and will do So let's just, just minister to your hearts
1: You've never been absent your love is impassive Oh, you've never once been out of reach You say that you love me and Though I've done nothing Oh, you don't withhold your heart from me Holy Father No, you never leave You never leave my side You are healing By grace redeeming This need within me No, you never leave You never leave my side You never hurt me don't try to fool me you're exactly who you say you are your strength is so constant for grace not for judgment i have never been a second thought Holy. No, you never leave. You never leave my side. You are healing by grace, redeeming this need within me. No, you never leave. You never leave my side. And I can. I know you never leave. You never leave my side.
0: Thank you, Jesus, that through you we have access to our heavenly Father,
1: Holy Father,
0: our heavenly Father. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for giving us a perfect beautiful original design thank you that we can know you knew us before you formed us you've called us before the foundations of the earth and lord we ask that you will call us into our full identity of who we are in spirit and you will help us to step into that holy spirit i call upon you today To come and minister in the hearts of everyone here, everyone online, everyone listening later. Holy Spirit, I ask that you cut through the noise, cut through the clutter, cut through the distractions. That you'll minister deep into each of our hearts. I pray right now that you will show each of us whatever hurt may still be holding us back from seeing god the father as a father whom we can trust and love please show us please show us once the holy spirit reveals something to you i want you to see in your spirit eye your mind's eye that you take that thing and you just lay it at the cross. and you say, Lord, I forgive that person who may have done that and I set them free and I accept the fullness of your finished work on the cross. If there's if the Holy Spirit is showing you stuff that you, still hold over yourself like sin you think you can't be forgiven of, guilt and shame, stuff that either happened to you or you did yourself. You need to know today that that is exactly what Jesus died for. That all of that stuff can be washed away. All we need to do is to come humbly and say, I accept what you have already done and step into relationship and yes that takes faith that takes faith right now you need to have faith I feel someone here needs to ask themselves has the way that you've been doing it been working or showing any fruit maybe today is the day where you try it God's way and see the fruit of His Word. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for today. Thank you that you've come to meet with us and to minister with us. I thank you, Lord, that freedom is taking place right now. That hurt and shame and guilt is falling off of people right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that the fullness of who you are as the Father and the fullness of what you've done, Jesus, on the cross becomes a deep revelation in the heart of everyone listening right now that can never be taken away from them with philosophies or arguments, but that it is settled, that it is firm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this spiritual family. I thank you for every man, every woman every marriage, every family, every child. I thank you that you bless us, protect us, guide us and strengthen us and help us to live as we are citizens of heaven. That we live from heaven where our Father in heaven is and that we will live from there to the world knowing that we are in this world but we are not from this world. Help us to live as the free children of God that we are we pray that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and we all say amen amen and amen hallelujah thank you Jesus we love you guys so much thank you for being with us today if something happened in you today please share it with us we'd love to hear the testimonies and if you feel there's more conversation and prayer needed please let us know and we will do that for you as well even if you need prayer right now just come to the front when this happens Everybody's welcome to join us for coffee afterwards. Thank you so much for trusting us as well. We love you and we hope to see you next week. May God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast message of the week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.